Amy Shine is an inspirational life and movement coach who loves to inspire and awaken others to a life of more ease, fun, and consciousness with their body and their being. She is one of the authors of the number one best-selling book, Dancing as the Body for Consciousness, and she has her own podcast, The Dance to Oneness, on iTunes. Amy is an Access Consciousness Certified Facilitator, Talk to the Entities Facilitator, and Embodied Dance Facilitator. Having recently walked away from a nearly seven-year marriage, Amy sat down to talk to me about being in a relationship with a person who struggles with addiction and how she walked away. Rather than leaving from a place of anger or resistance, it became clear that leaving was the kindness she and her body required. As she brilliantly stated, choosing what is kind for you is also what is kind for them, whether they know it or not. Welcome to this beautiful conversation, Guilty of Heresy, Letting Go of Addiction. So Amy, you are in the process of leaving a marriage. And how long were you married for? Um, like six and a half years. So nearly seven. Almost nearly seven. So let's start with what were some of the things for you that started to occur where you were began questioning whether you wanted to stay in this relationship or choose something different? Um, well, so... I mean, there was many things throughout the relationship, but I always made, I always like made it okay. Like I made things that he was choosing. I guess I turned, I, I turned off my awareness to it. You know, we talk in access, but turning off your awareness, you know, or what other people would say, like, I just like ignored that part. Um, but ultimately really, having living with someone who um like he was choosing a lot just you know he drank a lot right so for me that was actually not that not that like that was pretty normal in my world and one of the things Gary Douglas said to me when I came out of my relationship was um yeah it, he goes you grew up in a world where everyone's drunk and I was like what do you mean he goes you grew up in Ireland so all the men there are drunk all the time. They go to the pub every day. He goes, so that for you is normal. So it's like this thing of like, you don't even realize that is normal. Like I didn't, until Gary said that to me, I was like, oh, I didn't even realize that I, I had that as a normal behavior, even though I don't drink. I don't drink that much. I have like a couple of cocktails here and there, but I'm not like a big drinker. But yet in my world, it was normal for you, for someone to drink every day. Like that was okay. And not just drink a few drinks, like drink a lot. So I, I get what I what I did was there was a lot of things that didn't work for me, but I normalized it. Totally. Like in the world, that was like the world I grew up in. So it wasn't everyone like that. Yeah, it feels very familiar to you. And I like what you said, because it's not that the things weren't always there. The things that ultimately you finally said, hey, I'm not going to do this anymore. They were always there but you don't know that it's not normal. You don't know it's not okay until you know it's not okay. And I think that goes from drinking to abuse to go down the line of people put up with an outsider looking in will go, that's horrible. How do you put up with that? And I, I can speak to this too. It's like, what do you mean? This is what, what's, what's horrible about it. This isn't, this isn't this how people are. So were there 
things, things that other people said, or what were some of the things that sort of made you reclaim your awareness and actually get what was going on and see it for what it was? Um, honestly, like it wasn't really anything anyone said to me. It was, I was always aware of it. Like I was always aware of like, okay, like this is what he's choosing. And I chose to be with someone like this, you know, and I knew that. And, you know, I did, I did that thing often where it's an exercise where you can look at your relationship and you can look at, okay, all the things that are not working and all the things that would have to change for make this, to make this relationship work for me. And so you can look at like what, what the person would have to change, like the person you're with, if you're like, okay, what would they have to change for this to work for me? And you'd say, you say, they'd have to stop drinking. They'd have to start, you know, doing something different, like in their life or whatever. And you do the list and then you look at, okay, are they actually going to change any of this? Right. And I did that multiple times throughout our relationship, but I was all, I was never, it was never so much that I, that like I would leave. Mm. However, in the last year before the last year, before we broke up and um, his drinking actually got like to the point of like drinking a bottle of bourbon every other night. And, um, and again, and again, like you think this is normal, like you don't realize it when you're in it. And um, there were like things like at, where I would at night, like be like giving out to him and telling him like, I couldn't live like this. So it was actually starting to like disturb my world. Like he wouldn't be doing anything. That's the, that's the other thing too. It's like, he wasn't unkind to me. He wasn't, he wasn't violent. He wasn't aggressive. He, his behavior didn't change with me when he drank. So that was another like, oh, it's okay. Like you normalize that, right? Um, but it was affecting me. And in the last year, my business also like really started to decay. And that was like a big red flag for me. Like what's going on here? And um, I also was spending a lot of time at home because I wasn't traveling as much. And I was finding like it hard to sleep. I was getting angry all the time. And I was frustrated all the time. And that's not like me. I have a lot of joy and lightness in my world. So for me to be angry all the time, I was like, what is going on here? And I found in the last year as well, just even when we broke for dinner and stuff, like there was no, I couldn't connect to him. Like, and I started to really notice is that like, he couldn't even be with me. Like he, even if like, you know, we would have a night together, whatever, like there was, it was like, he was gone. Like, I, like there was no, there was the, the communion I kind of had with him before wasn't there. And it was so hard to even like, just yeah there was no real he wasn't there like he was gone he was checked out and 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 what I started to notice was like I would say things to him at night when he was drinking like I can't live like this anymore and um the next morning he wouldn't remember any of it mm. and that was another red flag for me but again I didn't I didn't know and someone said to me when I did so something someone did say was that's a blackout and I was like, what? And they were like, he's blacking out, Amy. He's starting to black out the drinking. And that's what something did say to me. Someone did say the drinking is progressing and he's blacking out, mm. which was funny because you would think a blackout means that someone's passed out, right? right? I always thought blackout meant you pass out, but no, 
someone in a blackout is is awake. They're yeah. talking to you. It's you like think they're, they're there. You they're not they're not sleeping. <laughs> they're yeah. 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 But they don't remember it. They don't remember it the next day. So those things again were like things I didn't know. I didn't know that that was a blackout. Yeah. So, and so stuff like that, we're like, oh, okay. So it was really, I started to look at the progression of the alcoholism, the progression of the drinking and, and the blackouts that I didn't even know were blackouts. Yeah. And would you say, so some of the, the anger that you had or the not being able to sleep and all of that was, was some of that, because when we're in a relationship with someone, we're very aware of them. Was some of that you just pulling things out of his world and healing them or being aware of them or all of the above and more? Yeah. What do you know on that? Yeah, all of it. You know, we're such sensitive beings and we're so aware, you know, of everything around us. And, and, you know, the beautiful thing was up until like probably a year or two ago, I was able to live with him and use all my access tools clearings clear entities you know and create space while living with him and have and have ease with it but what was the triggers for me in the last kind of two years I would say is not having that peace not having that ease even with the tools that I have and um it became a lot of work it became more work to stay there right and that was another like okay like I I and it so it was like it actually in the end wasn't kind to me to live there anymore and so it wasn't even about like leaving the person it was about I got I gotta I gotta create kindness for me I gotta have a space where I wake up in the morning and I'm I'm like happy in the space I'm living in and I'm going to bed at night and I'm not being disturbed and I really I love what you're saying with this because a lot of times people could be in the exact same situation that you just described and they would take all the information of, oh, this is what a blackout is. Oh, he's got a problem. He's got a problem. That's the problem. I must leave because he has a problem. And even in you sort of opening up your awareness to what was going on, what you said was it wasn't a kindness to me. And so what what you're speaking to is this thing where making a choice for me rather than against someone else. And that was the piece I had to get to. And that took me six and a half years to get there. And multiple other events happened in the past where I was like, I've got to move, I've got to go. But it was always from that energy you're talking about, Marnie, of like, oh, I'm going to move out because of you. Or I'm going to move out to show you, you have a problem. I'm going to move out or break up or whatever to make you change. And that never works because you're always doing it from this resistance and reaction and this fight energy. And this was the first time where I got, like, I literally was sitting on the floor one night and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, and I got like, I got this energy of like, if I actually truly had kindness for me, if I truly cared about me, I would not be living here. Hmm. And it wasn't about him. I adored him. I still adore him. It was about, I wouldn't be living with this energy. And that's what I had to look at because whenever I looked at him, like I adored him. Like he was my one of my best friends. Like, you know, like I enjoyed him. He, oh my God, there were so many great things. 
So when I would look at that, it would always be like, oh, I don't want to leave. Of course, you don't want to leave someone you care about. That's one of your great friends that you have all these adventures with. Of course, you don't want to leave that person. But what I had to look at was, I don't want to live with this energy of addiction anymore. Hmm. That's what I'm breaking up with. That's what I'm leaving. That's what I'm moving out and getting like I'm moving. I have to get my own space. I have to live in my own space because I don't want to live with this energy anymore. Yeah. And it's it's like when you recognize so much that I require this, like my well-being, my my everything requires this, even though it might hurt like hell to make this choice and walk this through. So can you talk a little bit about once you came to that and then you started moving in that direction? How was he with that? What was that like for you? Yeah, that was when, yeah. Oh God, that was when, yeah. Not interesting. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, you know, that night I just got, okay, I wouldn't be here if I truly cared about me. And that was a massive turning point. I just wanted to say for anyone listening, like you can't actually make yourself get to that point. Mm. Like you have to like, but that is the turning point. I talk to people all the time who are in relationships and it's not working and they can't seem to leave. And I just keep saying like, you have to get to the point where you care more about you than you do about maintaining like the, the addiction, the abusive relationship, the whatever, but also what a massive piece for me was caring more about me than I do about trying to save him or trying to stop him from self-destructing. That's a really important thing you yeah. just said. Yeah. yeah. And, and so when I finally got, like you said, like, I can't do this to my body anymore. Like my body, a couple of months previous had been detoxing something for him, for his body. And it was so uncomfortable. And those, those things brought me to the point where it's like, I can't do this anymore. I have to like for this, for the health of me, my well-being, my body, I require my own space. And then like, I actually went very quickly. I moved really quickly. Like within two days, I had an apartment already set up. I found a place like that I could move to like right away. Um, and and then it, everything blew up, you know. Um, so it was it actually wasn't it was really crazy. And um, and my ex like reacted very insanely to me moving out to him. And here's the thing: with someone in addiction, to him it was a total shock. Like there's right. nothing wrong here. We are a perfect couple. Everything's fine. Yeah. Like yeah. And so couple of it's like some I'm so grateful because I learned so much I'm still learning number one thing about addiction is um denial is the um what's that word a denial is the enabler of addiction hmm. so no matter what I said to him no matter what I shared like you know things that had happened throughout the year that really pushed me out the door everything was denial he would deny it ever like deny pretty much try to tell me it didn't happen you know like yeah or you know minimize it down and like so in his world what I was doing was completely insane shocked like um but you have to realize like in addiction like someone in addiction like they don't and this is where the narcissism comes in as well because addiction and narcissism go hand in hand like it's all about them 
They don't see you. They don't see what you've experienced. They can't even begin to comprehend what you have experienced or what it's been like for you. It's not in their words. I don't think they're even capable of it when an addiction. And I, that's such a, an important part too, because when you care, like you've talked about in the beginning, how much you care, the endless energy and an attempt to get somebody to understand what it is you're saying. And it's, it's like, look, I'm not choosing this because I don't care. I'm not choosing. I'm just like, I need you to get, I don't know if you did this. I've done this a ton with addictive narcissistic behaviors is no, 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 but just follow me here. Understand, understand. I want you to understand. And then you just hit it on the head when you get to the point of going, wow, actually they likely are not even capable of understanding. There's not, there's not another way that this can go and me be okay because there is not anything I can do or say to change this over here. I can only take care of this right here. Yeah, that was, that's, and that's another, like, I mean, the lessons you learn from this is amazing because yeah, I spent like two days in the house trying to like make him understand and it's, yeah. it, they can't, they can't receive it. But that's another thing about addiction is when someone's in addiction, they actually can't receive. Yeah. They can't receive anything. They can't receive anything you say. They can't receive you. They can't receive your experiences. They can't receive anything. All they have is their pain. And that's all that matters to them. And then, you know, drink on it, do whatever on it to try and cope with it. But um, yeah, I spent two days trying to, but it it doesn't matter. It just, and and the turning point for me, like eventually I had to like leave in the middle of the night with two bags was um was when someone said to me actually Brendan Watt said to me like um he said you would rather stay to what did he say you would rather stay and take the abuse than leave and let himself destruct and that was like because it yeah. was so true and like I literally was like in because I was in the middle of it like where he was going crazy reacting and then he was drinking on top of it to me leaving and I was in there and I didn't want to leave and that's that's I mean that's the insanity of it right like you don't want to leave them you you really don't and that's why like people it's really hard if you've never been in a relationship like and I also think like if anybody's listening to this and they're in it and you go talk to someone, maybe try and find someone to talk to who's been through it and came out the other end of it. Because people who haven't experienced this, like you said, Marnie, from the outside in, would be like, you're insane. Why don't you just leave? No, when you're in this, it's it's so different. Like you don't want to leave because you care about them and you actually don't want them to self-destruct. So you, you know you can stay, you know you can take it. So you will keep yourself in there Yep. and whatever the abuse is the abuse might not even be physical like for me it wasn't physical abuse it was just emotional abuse it was just insanity it was like I'm gonna live in this world of insanity rather than leave because I don't want you to hurt yourself I don't want you to self-destruct and as long as I'm here you won't self-destruct but I will yeah myself to stay here and you said so many things in there your level of caring is so high you also are aware that there could be a different possibility for this person. And you really would love for them to have that. You have a level of strength 
where you can take a lot and it and be fine. You do get to a point, like you said, but all of those three things, it can be really hard to see through to the other side of actually what's occurring. And yeah, and I would say, I know we're talking about, you know, lover kind of relationship, but this is true with parents, siblings, children, because they're so, or, you know, even people have been best friends for forever and ever. When somebody either there's a value attached because of the role they played in your life or whatever that is, it can be really hard to see. Like you could take some stranger on the street and go, well, that's freaking obvious. This is a gaslighting abusive person. I want nothing to do with them. Put it in lover, put it in mother, father, child. I mean, how many people have adult children or even teenage children that are gaslighters, but it's my kid. I have to, I just have to, and I care. So I love what you said. Find somebody who's gone through it because it's not just as simple as, well, duh, you shouldn't be there. There's a lot more to it. There's so much. Yeah. Our caring goes so beyond it like, does. Yeah. what it, you can comprehend. And, 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 and then the key is like, it keeps coming back to like, okay, but will you care more about you? You know, at the end of the day, it's like to stay there, you have to not care about you. Yeah, your kid and I and I get the child examples even harder because you're how are you supposed to leave your child, you know? Yeah. Um, but again, it has to come down to, oh, my God, am I going to care more about me than I am about staying in this abusive situation, trying to make sure they don't hurt themselves? And ultimately, caring for you is caring for them. But and they likely won't see it that way, which is why, as you said, it was challenging. It got and insane. Yeah. That's, and that's the controversy, um, right? Having having you in the eye of controversy, like it is like, yes, to leave a relationship like that, whether it be a, a parent, child, or lover or friend, they will, you, you have to know, this is the piece, you have to know what you know, and it's going to make you trust your, you have to start trusting yourself because you have to know the most caring thing for me right now is to leave. And for them, they will not see it that way. They will probably never see it that way. They might go to their grave hating you, but you have to know something beyond that. You have to know that even if they don't change, it was the most caring choice for you and for them. And have the and and really receive that like you can actually have ease with your choices, but you have to trust you and not what they say. Cause then the other flip side is like the blame, you know, someone who's in that much pain and in addiction and in that energy, like they are gonna do blame, shame, regret, guilt, anger, you know, all of it. And the manipulation comes like all of it comes and ultimately you still have to come back to who or what do I care about more here yeah very very well said and you know I get a part of it is all of those things we talked about this the strength and the caring and all of that kind of things you become the source for that person they have derived it's like the black hole they derived their their security and a, and just every being with someone who is not judgy of them they they derived a lot of their life from you 
And so, yeah, when you say no more to that, there's likely going to be a reaction. And the other piece I would say um, is that you're so aware of their world, even if you're not speaking. So it's so loud. And when you know they're blaming you and thinking you're the worst person on the planet and they're just, and you're aware of that. And what's true for you is you fucking still care so much. It's hard to be with that. So can you just talk a little bit more if somebody is listening and they're maybe in this phase right now or they're considering this, what are some of the ways you've dealt with and continue to as this has occurred in your world with kind of, I would say, not abandoning you, still choosing the kindness for you? How have you navigated? Well, I actually do think like um, the biggest part is like the, 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 the choice to leave is like the hardest one. Like that's the hardest one to get to. And then when you finally get there and then you make the choice to leave, then you have all the knock on, like you said, then, you know, their reality, their, how angry they're, you, all that you have to deal with. But if you can get yourself away, that's why, cause like, so for me, it was like, I knew, like, I didn't know I was going to move out and we were going to divorce right away. Like, I honestly thought he actually might go get help. I thought he might go to rehab, you know? Yeah. Um, and then like, I mean, he didn't teach show like what he chose ensured that I, we would probably never get back together again. Like the, you know, the behaviors he chose and sh- made it so like, I actually couldn't even go back. And, um, but what I would say is like, I got my own space. So like, if you could, like, if you can, like, even if it's like, go away somewhere for a week, you know, uh, go stay at a friend's house, like get an Airbnb, like whatever it takes. Right. So because I got my own place right away and I moved out immediately, I felt a difference. Like the first morning I woke and I only like, I had a mattress. I didn't have a bed. I just bought a mattress put it on my floor I had like some sheets and, and blankets and a pillow but like I had this apartment with no furniture but I woke the more after sleeping I went to sleep that night the first night well I'd already stayed at a friend's house for a couple of nights but the first night in my apartment I woke up and I had so much energy in my body totally understand that yeah and that was massive for me because I can't because when I was living with him I was sleeping till probably 11 o'clock in the day in the morning like and I had to push myself out of bed push myself to go to yoga go to hot yoga for at 12 for an hour and then I'd come back and I'd feel okay again I'd be ready to live my day (laughs) half my my morning's all gone like I'm literally starting my day at lunchtime because like you said you're you're living with someone your body's aware of them you're healing their bodies you're pulling a lot of their stuff out of their bodies you're processing a lot of stuff for them just because you care and because you can. And I don't know if there's a way not to do that. Yeah. I like to refer to it as like a background app on your phone. It's running and it's draining your battery and you don't even know because it's a background app, but when the background app is gone, then all of that energy that was getting drained, it's, it's there. And it is, it is palpable. It's, it is. And for me, with other situations similar to what you're talking about, that was the more I experienced that and the more I saw even like the creative energy that used to get just drained over here, all of a sudden had all this creative energy that was going other places that kept me going when things would get intense. 
Yeah. So, yeah. I, so yeah, totally. you don't realize how much energy you're putting into them. And that's why I say like, if you can remove yourself from the situation, even yeah. if it's for a week or a few days or whatever, and put yourself in a different space, then you'll get, a, you'll start to get a sense of your energy. You'll start to get a sense of what's actually going on. What's true for me and how much of the other stuff that was so familiar wasn't actually yours. So within the first few days of me sleeping in my own place, and then going to bed, falling asleep early, like falling asleep, like at, you know, 12 o'clock at night or whatever, versus like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. And then waking up at 8 a.m. and being like, whoa. The other thing was I used to wake up when I lived with him. I used to wake up every morning thinking, oh, I don't want to get up. I don't want to live the day. I don't want to do this. Even thinking like, do I even want to be here? Like, do I even want to be alive? That was gone. The minute I woke up here, I was like, oh. Hi, like a new day. <laughs> a new day, yeah. And so that was massive for me because once I had that then in my world, like that's like you said, like then that becomes like it's very hard to go back then because like that's something visceral in your body that you now know that yeah. you can't unknow. Yeah. So so a big part of it is like you've known this all along in a way. But it's like when you make the choice and you take the action, you get new, you, you start to get new information and you really start to know it. And then you, and you start to see things and then you can't unsee them. And that's why then it makes it hard to go back. So then whatever they're doing, behaviors, whatever they're doing to try and get you back, it may work or whatever. But once you know what you know, even if you go back, you're going to go back with a new knowing yes new sense of you and that's why I think it's really key to like get some space I said to a client of mine recently like even if you could go away just for a week somewhere because like when because when you're in there you're living with them you're swimming in this addictive energy or whatever it is you don't know what's yours and what's not yours that's very true it all just blends together and then, the, and then the more space you can give yourself, the more sense of you you get. And then the stronger you become. So then when they, bring, when they, when they start with the gaslighting, you know, the, all that stuff, you have this strength of being and you won't be manipulated as much by it. Was there ever a time where in the beginning of this uh, separation that, he did basically hook you and get you to react to him. Were there times where you had to navigate out of that or were you able to really, by the time you said I'm out, not need to react to anything he was doing? I mean, by reacting, I would say I got upset a lot. I cried yeah. a lot. So that is a reaction. You know, yes. I think reacting is just like fighting, but it's not like, like, so my reaction was be, I had a lot of upset in my world. Um, I had to really like process a lot um, around dying. I really thought I was going to get a phone call that he was going to die, that he was dead one of the nights. Um, and that was massive for me because loss was a big thing in my world. Um, so the willingness to like process through all that and not jump back in, you know, um, and that would come, I would say the hardest parts are in the morning and at night. At yeah. nighttime, it would come in the loudest. But also remember, if they're drinking or if they're doing whatever, they do that more at nighttime and you're going to be aware of that. So 
So I was very aware of his body, him drinking, him healing his body and all the, and then all the entities that go along with all that. And then that coming into my world at nighttime. So there at the beginning in the, and definitely there was nights where I was like just awake at 2 a.m. crying, 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 knowing it wasn't mine as well. But at the same time, like, yes, it's not mine. At the same time, it is, it is me also processing things. So what helped me was um actually I did go to Al-Anon meetings, a couple of Al-Anon meetings, um, which I used to go to AA, so I'm pretty familiar with the 12-step program. So going to Al-Anon was a different, <laughs> different for me, you know, I'm like going there with a different energy, but it was great to actually just go to a couple of meetings, be around some people, read the 12 steps, which have some really great things in them. They gave me the just for today prayers and they gave me like the da daily reflection books, which I still have. And funny enough, one of the books is um, Melanie Bittle, I think is her name. It's like a recovery kind of daily reflections book, which I had when I used to do AA. So yeah. I went and ordered the book again and I still, I still pick it up. There's some really good information and tools, daily stuff in that. So those I used. And then I would journal. I journal a lot. I write. So in the middle of the night, if I was up crying, I just start writing it out. Like what was going on for me? What was the, what was coming up for me about loss and dying and letting go of someone and all of that. Um, and then having someone you can talk to that's been through it is key. So I had a couple of people who've also been in these situations and leaving someone in addiction and leaving someone in active addiction. So being able to just call them and be like, and have them just listen or have them just, you know, that really helped. And getting my bars run, massive. But also as well, like, um, you're going through your own grieving process. Like you, you know, it's like, you're also, for you, this was an addiction as well. Like my addiction was to helping him, making sure he was okay. Like trying to change him, trying to like manage his addictions, trying to make sure he didn't drink too much. Trying, to, You don't realize how much energy you put into them and that's your addiction. So I had to look at my part in all this. Yeah. Well, thank you for all of that. Cause there's a lot of helpful tools for somebody yeah. who's going through this process. And uh, is there any other, I mean, you've said a lot of, a lot of, I would, I, would, I educated myself. I'm really big into books. So um, there's a book called Gaslighting. Ugh, I can't remember her name. Um, it's a yellow book. I, I read, it's funny. I got that book while I was still in the relationship and I was looking at it in relation to something else. And when I left a relationship, I was like, I didn't want to see him as gaslighting at the beginning. And I didn't want to see the narcissism at the beginning. But as time went on, like at the beginning, when they, when they, when they start like, you know, blaming you and getting angry at you, you, at the beginning, you go to defend, right? So at the beginning, I was like trying to defend, trying to explain to him, trying to talk to him, trying to tell him like why I left, trying to make him see sense, right? Yes. None of it worked. And one day I met with him and we were walk. we, we just were like, we literally just went for a tiny walk. And I realized in talking to him, he couldn't hear anything I had to say. Hmm. And I kept asking, we have this question with access consciousness, like, what can they hear from me? What can they receive? And I kept asking, what can he receive? What can he hear? And I kept getting nothing. 
he can receive nothing he can hear nothing and it was so hard to be around him because yeah. it's he can't receive me he can't receive anything I have to say so after that day I really started to get like it doesn't matter what I say he cannot receive anything and he would send me these long messages and I would see in those messages like this there's no like actually this this isn't even about me this is like this is like this is all about him and what's going on for him and so as time went on you start to see these behaviors that actually might have been there in the relationship that you didn't want to acknowledge and and so I really after a while I got oh like reaction doesn't work talking doesn't work he can't receive anything so in the end you actually have to get to just allowance like where everything really is an interesting point of view no matter what they say or what they and threaten that's another thing like threats things like that like you really like none of them are actually like like basically like all they're looking for is a reaction from you yes they want anything from you they don't care what it is because if if you look at it like especially with addiction like you were a drug to them so when you leave to them they've actually lost one of their addictions so I started to see it like it's actually not about me it's about his addiction to me yeah and I started to see like I'm actually one of his addictions then if I'm one of his addictions and I respond to one of his messages or I take that phone call or I go meet him I'm actually all I'm doing is feeding the addiction and so when the more I got that the more I was like the more I actually just don't then I just didn't respond. I didn't react. Wow. That, that actually, the way you just said that I shed a lot of light on uh, some things for me. I've never looked at it as you were their addiction, but boy, that, that is. And as you said, looking for any kind of reaction because it's like, Oh, I still hooked them. I still, I still hooked them back in, which then causes energy going their direction from you, which is what they're looking for. Yeah, and I think that's really what you have to, and that's the whole thing about get educated about gaslighting, get educated about narcissism, because it does go hand in hand with addiction, right? You can like, it just does. Addiction is narcissistic because addiction is selfish and all narcissism comes from that place of total selfishness, like total, like everything is about me. So it like, for me, like we talked about at the beginning, Marnie, it's like, I don't want to label this person be like, oh, they're narcissists. Oh, they're gaslighting. Because that's the other thing is, they don't do it all the time. Right. They don't gaslight all the time. They're not narcissistic all the time. They're, they are other energies too. They are sometimes kind. They are sometimes caring. So that will throw you off kilter then if you're like, this is who they are. But then if they're nice to you, it will throw you off. So it's easier just to identify the behaviors and see the behaviors in them rather than being like, oh, I was in a gaslighting relationship right all it was like no that wasn't all it was there was so much more and I think that's the hardest part then navigating that like it wasn't always like this but now that I've left it is really gaslighting and this and there and this isn't who they really are because that makes it hard then because then sometimes because you then again you still care yes well, and that's the whole reason we do the labels is because it gives us an excuse, a reason to separate. So if you can just 
do narcissism and gaslighting as the label. Now I can just label you basically an asshole and I have a reason to leave. But when you look at the energy of that, that's not actually anywhere near the energy of I'm choosing what's kind and caring for me, which you said earlier is also kind and caring for them. And I, there's a, that's another whole interesting conversation because what we have decided and what society tells us caring is, is, oh, but they're your partner. They're your mother. They're your father. They're your child. You got to keep going back in. You got to keep trying to fix it. That's what caring, that's how you show them. You sacrifice you. And the opposite is actually true. True caring says, I honor you so much that I will care and not separate energetically from you, even if you choose to destroy your life, even if you choose pain and suffering. And even if you want to destroy me. Yes. And and thank you for saying that because I, yeah. And that's why it's like, you know, so much of social media is like, like, oh, gaslighting, narcissism. Like, and I see that, like, I've even, you know, people get up and they're like, well, I was with a narcissist. Like, it's like, okay, but you're an infinite being. Right. And they're an infinite being. So for me, separation doesn't work. And that's, so this is the, this is one of the hardest pieces. And this is the piece I had to navigate as well. Separation doesn't work for me in my world. I cannot separate from him. It will hurt me too much, right? I can't separate from anyone ultimately. However, if I, I do have to like, I did have to, and I still do have to create certain things in my world that look like separation that are not like blocking them on social media, blocking them on your phone. And like, like I had to, I, and, and so that isn't separation though. I'm not separating from them. I'm doing, I'm, I'm like having to do these things for, for out of caring for me. Honoring you, honoring Honoring you. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had to unfriend all his friends, unfriend all his family, unfriend anyone that connected me to him because they they would go or he would use them to find out what I'm doing. Yes. And that, and so that all that does, so I'm just taking care of me there. Yes. That doesn't mean I have to separate from him and that doesn't mean I don't care. And I think that's really key, you know? Like it's the, yeah. it's the caring, it's that, the whole conversation is around the caring. It's yes. The caring. <laughs> it is all about, it is. That's what hooks us in. That's what, that's what walking through this, the way you're beautifully expressing is beautiful and challenging because it in many ways would be easier to go, yep, I'm blocking and I'm moving out and I'm doing these things and fuck him. He did all this stuff in a way, but that's not true to you, but to be present with the vulnerability of, I will always care. And I also will not, I'm not the the black hole for this person, or I'm not the source for this black hole anymore. And that requires me to physically move over here in whatever way that looks like. Yeah. And as long as you're engaging in, you know, addictive abusive all that behavior I am not here for that like I am not going to be you know I'm not responding to that I'm not I'm not even like you know it took it took me a little bit while to block him on my phone and 
because again, I cared and I didn't want to be like, what if something happens and he can't reach me, you know? Yeah. But like after a while, I was like, no, like you don't get to like puke on me like this whenever you desire it, like blow up my phone with like messages of like insane stuff. And again, like probably not even remember the next day that you sent it, you know? And so it's like, I don't, you out of caring for me, you don't get to do that to me anymore. And so that is caring for me. And one of the things Dane said to me, Dr. Dane here was like, he said, I love, cause I was like trying to like get out. I was really, I'm, I've been processing this caring thing for a while. And one of the things he said was, cause I was like, I still wanted to save him. Like I still, I still do. I still want him to get well. I still, I still like, and, and he said to me, Dane said like, well, I love how you're making the caring you have for him wrong. Hmm. Like wow. you're making that wrong. Yeah. Like, you care, you care about him. You will always care about him. You care for people you like, and you're, and, and so it, it seems like caring is like a gift. It's a curse, but it's a gift. But I, but the whole piece too, is then it's like, keeps coming back to, okay, yes, you care about them, but will you care more about you? As I think what happens is that we do have such infinite caring, but nobody has taught us to care for ourselves. Yeah. It's always giving up of ourself in favor of the other. Yeah. 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 Which creates the cycle of you do that and you give yourself up in favor of, and then you start to resent and then you have to lash out. And this is where people go, that's it. I'm done with everyone else. It's my turn. Cause you're in this bipolar thing of what you're calling caring, which isn't actually caring. And and it's crazy. It is. Yeah, I, I have, um, and I won't go into all of this, but three years ago, I, I separated in the way that you said, I can't ever separate from someone energetically, but I separated in terms of just my mom is not a part of my world. And I, one of the things I've wrestled with, and I, I will not say to her, because I know it's that reaction that you're speaking of. If I say anything, it's like this back into her universe which isn't a kindness or caring for me but I will think of her every Mother's Day and wish her the happiest of every mother of Mother's Day so far every birthday every holiday every every day I, I wake up in the night and I just kind of energetically say hey I you know hi and I cannot with what you're currently choosing physically engage with you but I will always be wishing you the best of all the things while honoring whatever you choose. And it makes me want to cry actually, because that, that space, as you know, it's, it's a, it's a vulnerable choice and there's no other way to really honor me without making that choice. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I'd like, you know, go ahead, Amy. Well, so that's the piece like about like no like you make the choice you know you separate them like from them in the way like this reality you have to to care about like the contact the the talking to them all that but then it's like you're still aware of them you're still and that's why separation doesn't work for us that's why maybe it works for other people like where they can go I think it's a very human reality like fuck you I'm done I hate you goodbye yeah but I think for people like anyone probably listening to this podcast, you, me, Marnie, like 
we are different types of beings. And I think you've got to get that too. Like not everyone is the same. You might be a different type of being and being the being you are. And I am like that separation we can't do. Even if you try to do it, you probably can't do it. You're still going to care about them no matter how narcissistic, how abusive, how insane they were. You're still going to care about them. The pieces though, like no matter, because we are all connected. So even if you don't talk to her or him for 10 years, you're still aware of them. You're still connected to them. So you will think about them. You will have the, and you will sometimes have this longing to go, I want to call them or I want to see them or I want to reach out to them. I wonder how they're doing. And I think that part then is just to ask like, what will this create? Is this kind, and that was a piece for me too. And I'm still working through that where I would want to like call him or do something. And then I have to stop and go, okay, like, is this kind and caring for me? Yeah. To reach out right now. Yeah. You know, and then and what's it going to create? Like you said, cause then you yeah. get a sense of, whoa, that's opening the door to the tornado coming back in. No, not going to choose that. Yeah. Or if something had changed, you would know that too. Cause you and, are. And it also is okay if you do reach out. So like there was like one day where I was coming back from the beach and it was around Christmas and I was like so upset and I was missing him so much. And like, I was also like going into like all the other fun Christmases we had together. So I called him, I called up his phone and um, he answered and, and I was like kind of crying on the phone. <laughs> like he was just like telling me, like basically still in the blame of like, it's all my fault and look what I've done. And after, like, so I was upset first and then I called him and then once I got on the phone, I was like, oh, like, okay. Like it's still, it's still this conversation. Like it's still yeah. the thing. And so choice creates awareness. I got yeah. lots of awareness in calling him. I was like, oh. But it was a good reminder of all oh, that energy that I removed myself from is still present still, there. It's still there, yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah. even if you have to go back in there, even if you move back in, like, it's okay. You always have choice. And that, that was a key piece for me. When I was leaving and I making the choice I was going to move out and I got in the place, but I hadn't moved yet. It was in that limbo, right? I really was like, am I going to do this? Am I not going to do this? Like, yeah. like it took, it took every strength in the world for me to leave. And when something someone said to me was a beautiful friend said to me, you always have choice, Amy, even if you move out, because that's the thing we all, we're always second guessing ourselves. We're like, well, if I leave or if I move out or if I cut the contact, what if, What if I was wrong? What if I fucked up? What if this was a mistake? And she said, you can always go back. No matter what anyone says, you always have choice. You move into your own apartment. You can break the lease. You can move back with him again. You can get back together. You always have that choice. Yeah. When she said that, I was like, oh, thank you. Yeah. Choice by choice by choice. And the key thing also, as you said, when you made the call to him is getting the awareness of what that choice created for you without making you wrong. It wasn't all, why did you need to go into, why did I do that? I shouldn't have done that. No. Oh, wow. Okay. Now I know all that energy is still present there. So there you go. And if you do it again, you do it again. You know, if you block them for a while and then you unblock them, that's okay. You know, I've done it several times already. And every time I'm like, oh, okay. 
like you have to be really gentle with yourself like in the process and like time isn't real so like go you know like you get to where you get to in your own timing yes that's very true be gentle with yourself hey I want to ask you do if somebody says I really could stand to talk to somebody and I don't actually know anybody do you do private sessions with people on this and other topics yeah yeah I do I can work um private sessions with people and yeah and I've been like I've had a lot of experience in the world of addiction like I ended up in AA at 21 so um like for me like it was just like oh okay (laughs) this is more again around like there's just the world of addiction and it goes hand in hand with so many other things like mental illness and entity awareness and um there's there's like there's just it's massive there's so much in it so yeah like I it's funny like one of the things was like I'm facilitating right recovery for you classes I went to AA for five years I have all these access tools I talk to entities like I have all these tools and then I still had this situation going on so I think like you know um it's like the thing is like you can have all the tools in the world you can know everything but ultimately like we all require our own support our own facilitation so I think it's also like humbling yourself like um like I'm even I'm even starting to go for different um therapy sessions and because I'm like looking at it all you know and it's like what if it's like it's not wrong like you know you are where you are like there's nowhere to get to I think sometimes we think we're like oh I have all these years doing all these classes and I should be but like no no my guy will say to me often when it's I'm having something up with one of my kids or something he'll say okay well if somebody called you for a session what would you say (laughs) it's like it's when it's here it's easy it's kind of like we started out with if somebody who's not in it with you and they're like hey it's obvious this person's an asshole they mistreat you and you're like yeah but there's more to it than that when it's yours and it's you know the people in your world we all require each other from time to time yeah and 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 again back to the like if you have something like this going on and you really require like facilitation or therapy whatever like really do ask questions around can this person facilitate this for you? And do they have like space and awareness with this topic? Because I will say that like, um, after leaving, like talking to people who don't have an awareness of addiction or addictive behavior or addictive relationships, they just don't get it. No, that's... And it's that's not right or wrong about them. But addiction in itself is it's it's a whole different world. So the, the thing was like you have people who like come out of relationships and they break up with someone and it's you know it's a breakup. It's like it didn't work out and maybe they're angry or maybe they're sad and and it and it's not minimizing that, but it's very different to leaving a relationship in addiction. And so there just has to I, I have to like I want to just clarify that because you want to be aware of who you're talking to. And, and if you talk to someone and they don't have that awareness, you may find you are not received. You may find that they minimize what you've been through. You, you may find that they even, yeah, just be aware of who you're talking to. That's all like, yeah, 
No, it's good. I had, to, I had to catch myself a few times and be like, oh, do you really want to talk about this to this person? You know? Yeah. It's, again, it's not kind to me. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and going, well, what do you mean? How do, how do I know that? You know that. When you ask a question, you will perceive a thing and it'll be like, oh yeah, that, that feels good. That feels happy or whoa, that, wow, that just went really like contracted in my world and really heavy in my world. Follow that. You actually do know. Like the minute I got on it, like, and you start talking, Marnie, I already knew. I'm like, oh, Marnie knows this. Okay. And my whole world's like, whew. Yeah. yeah. I was talking to someone who didn't know it, it'd be very different. I could still talk to them, but it's just a different awareness. Yes. Yes. Totally that. So Amy, thank you. I really, really have loved this conversation and I think we might need to do a round two or three because there's so much more to, we could just, the, there's the, a lot to unpack. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack and the, the carrying in itself is such a massive time. There's so many things. So I would, if you're up for it, love to, to do more. Um, what, and again, so many gems in this conversation, if you were just to kind of sum up couple, three sentences or whatever of people listening to this, wherever they might be in the process, recognizing they are with somebody that is really a drain in their world and it's not a kindness to them in the process of leaving on the other side of leaving, wherever they are, what would you say to them? Uh, universe, show me a different way. And one of the, my questions throughout the whole relationship and even in leaving was, if this isn't creating more consciousness for me and for them, show me. And I gave the universe, whatever you want to say, God, you know, universe, like spirit, whoever you talk to, higher power. Like I, I asked them to intervene. I'm like, universe, intervene. You have my permission. Intervene and show me. Show me if this is not creating more consciousness, if this is hurting me, if this is hurting them, if it doesn't create greater show me and show me a way out of this with ease and with speed. Remove me from the situation with ease and speed. And then, then if you're in the situation where there is a lot of trauma and drama after leaving, again, universe, remove this person from my life with ease and speed. Again, doesn't mean you're separating from them. You just, you're removing yourself from that energy that helped me a lot mm. and then oh my god self-care that needs to be its own okay <laughs> like finding yeah. things for you to nurture you like the support system getting out in nature getting energy work getting your bars around like doing everything putting those things in place to care for you Yes. And when you have all that energy that's been going to the the battery background apps how much fun can you have exploring what all that is for you and then choosing all that? Yeah, you have to rewire the battery. So you're taking wow. it from the app and you're going to put it into you and your exactly. body. I like it. I like it. Thank you, Amy, again. Thank and yes, so we will do, we'll do, we'll do more. And thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.